Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Welcome to the Gather Moms Podcast. We are on episode 69. Here we are. In our Mom Interrupted series. Yes. So Kate, have you been interrupted this week? (sighs) You know, you asked me this question leading up to us recording. And I mean, honestly, it's hard to think of what has not been interrupted. Yes. I don't know. I'm just, I am, I am feeling oddly interrupted. And I don't, it's. You said oddly interrupted. Well, (laughs) Or is there another way to be interrupted? Or yeah, I mean, you know, appropriately I, interrupted. Maybe it's because I'm thinking about it, you know. But I do think about like all the interruptions. But I maybe that's just like our lives. So yes. maybe there's just something a part of acceptance of that. Yes. But I think getting ready for Easter has interrupted my flow a little bit. You know, we have people coming, um, coming to stay, and then we're hosting lunch. And then, um, you know, my husband's a pastor, so he'll be gone all weekend, and he'll be dog-tired by the time, yes, yes. you know, and so uh, by the time it's all over. So I think just just getting ready for that. And um, But I love Easter, and I love celebrations and everything. Um, but it's just kind of... I don't know. It's kind of been on my mind and I, I find myself, you know, shopping and making sure I have everything ready. And and so this episode comes out after Easter. Yeah. So you people have already celebrated. That's right. You're done. You have cooked, cleaned, yeah. packaged eggs. The interruption is over. Hopefully washed and put everything away and are sitting on your couch relaxing after a long weekend. Yes. I was interrupted yesterday by Caroline. I was trying to get out the door. I got to go to dinner with some friends. And I was trying to get out the door and Caroline came in the kitchen and she goes, Mom, I tried to get this marker off my hands, but I can't get it off. So I look and she's got black marker all over her hands. And I I know she's tried to wash it. So I go into the bathroom where she had tried to wash it off. And so there's like black liquid all over the yes counter yes. and the sink and everything. It's a Crayola washable. Yes, thank goodness. Okay. I was thinking Sharpie, so I feel a lot better. Yes, you know, but you know how it gets on. It's on the soap dispenser. It's on the towel, right? Why is she coloring your hand? Okay, so then I was like, baby, where what were you doing with this that it got all over your hands? And she said, well, I started to color on my hand, and then I touched my white stool. She has this little white stool at her Mm-mm. loft bed, this little desk Mm-mm. she has. Mm-mm. She said, and then I touched the stool, and I saw that it it added color to the stool. So then I just started rubbing it all oh, over. <laughs> we're going downhill quickly. All over the stool, and I was like, what? show me. And I saw it. And you know, like, I don't know, do you get, I get like hot. I feel this like hot feeling come over me. Yes. And I said, Caroline Grace, you're in timeout because you need a timeout and I need a timeout. I will be back. And I took the stool out of her room and I just like had to like take a breather because I was like, what in the actual world? You know? Yes. Yes. So then I very angrily magic erased. Oh, it worked. Thank goodness. No way. It did. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. We've had an episode on the magic eraser. I know. It slives on. Yes. Yeah, go get it. Yeah. If y'all didn't put that in your Easter basket for yourself, moms, that is your treat this week. 
go get you a magic eraser. Do you do eraser. an Easter basket for yourself? No, I just buy my things along the way. Heck, buy myself yes. things along the way that yes. I think I really want. Good for you. I bought the kids, you know, I've had Easter candy sitting in my closet so we can stuff eggs. And I keep going to that day. <laughs> <laughs> and like, eating it. There's a little Reese's egg. I'll take that. Yes, I'll take a yes. little Kit Kat. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. What have you been interrupted by? A uh, girl... My kid broke his wrist. Yes. And listen, I feel like I've seen all these things about people breaking things. And so I feel like I need to like reach out to them and be like, hey, we're in this together. Uh, how's it we going? Can do this. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He got a waterproof cast. What in the world? Well, I don't know because we've never done a cast. It's our first broken arm. So when she said, you can pay $30 extra and get a waterproof cast, I said, yes, ma'am. 100 because otherwise you're putting like a trash bag around that thing. That's what I asked her. I said, this means I don't have to trash bag it for him to shower. And she said, no, he can go swimming in this thing. They can swim in their cast. Does it stink yet? No. So apparently you have to run water through it every day. Like, like quick, fast water. And it washes the cast out. And then you kind of like shake it. You can put a cool blow dryer through it. Dry That's it out. amazing. And then you just go on with life. It's that amazing. feels like a major upgrade. I mean, well, again, I didn't know there there wasn't such a thing. You know, I have never had a cast. Have you ever had a cast? No, never. But I feel like all I ever knew about casts were like we signed them. Yes. You know, and then that they stunk. And people would like stick things down in them to try and itch it and stuff. I just, I was never around people with casts. My bubble did not include cast people. So <laughs> I did not even know that they were supposed to stink. Y'all were too bubble wrapped to even get hurt enough hey, but to I've need had a cast. Stitches. Have you had stitches? Yes, I just had stitches removed from my nose this morning. <laughs> but did you have stitches as a kid? Multiple times. Okay, yeah. So I had stitches, so yeah. I know what that's all about. Yeah, but I love this upgraded cast. And so how long How long is he in the cast? Six weeks. And how much havoc has it, this caused? So I just feel like my heart hurts for him all the time. Mm. He's fine. He really is fine. But don't you just feel like when they're like, I'm going to get a drink, you're like, let me get it for you. Oh, or I'll go in and be like, do you need a snack? I don't know. I feel like I'm being a little too nice to the kid because he has a broken wrist. Well, and I hate it for him because he just started soccer season and now he can't play. We're going. We're going to the games. We're supporting the team. We are still in this. Wow. We're depositing coins in that coach's bucket. Look at us, team player. Wow. Put us on the team again next year. That's incredible. I'm impressed. He's doing great. No, he's doing really good. And we're going to be fine. We really are. But I do think it was a major interruption in our life. Yeah. But kind of now I'm like, all right, who else wants to break something? I can do this. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> no. Strike that. No. 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 Okay, so listen, moms. We're going to talk about something on the podcast today that I don't think we've ever talked about it. Okay. We're going to talk about being interrupted by a good old-fashioned fight with your husband. Mm. You have those? Yeah. And and I wouldn't say, like, often, like, we, like, have, like, a knockdown drag out. It's more like being annoyed and getting into a little tiff. Yes, yes. I'm thankful that I can only count our, like, big fights on one hand. So I was thinking about that whole idea between the word fight and the word argue. Okay. Because I think different people have different reactions to it. Okay. Because when I think of the word fight, that's what I called what my parents did growing up. They would fight sometimes. That's what I call what Greg and I do. We fight sometimes. But to me, fight is very different than what I think other people assume a fight is. Because fighting to me is just words. We're just, you know, yelling, getting upset, that uh -huh. sort of thing. Uh -huh. I, we don't know all of our mama's backgrounds. Okay. I mean, fight in their house could have been traumatic, you know? You know, you're right. It could have been physical. 
So for me, fight means you're raising your voices. And we just, I don't like raised voices. That makes me, I will run away. I don't like you raising your voice. Um, there have been a, you know, a couple of times in our marriage where Jeremy's gotten mad enough that he's just out of anger, thrown something, not at me or right, whatever, right, but, right. you know, thrown something down or whatever. That, I'm out. Yes. I leave. I can't handle it. It's my opposite of my communication style. Then that makes him even angrier because he wants to resolve it right in that minute. You know, Jeremy and I could be friends. <laughs> and thankfully, I mean, you know, we've been married now for 19 years, so we've come a really long way. But, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're married or you're trying to figure this out with this person and you have these different communication styles, it can get very heated and, you know, it can be tough. Well, and a lot of it comes from how you were raised, yeah. what you witnessed growing up, yeah, your personality, my personality, I raise my voice. I don't even think I knew I was a voice raiser till I got in the moment of the argument with my husband and raised my voice. Raise your voice. I have never nobody believes me. Nobody does. Y'all, I got a fiery side. (laughs) I do. I have potentially thrown things in my house, (laughs) not at people. Greg is very much like you. He's like, we don't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to walk away. It makes me madder. Yeah. Then I go find him. Uh huh. It's usually worse. Uh, yeah. But we we had a rough start to marriage. We had quite a few arguments early in marriage just because we had dated long distance for a long time. So we had never really been in the same place together. Okay. I very much, I think, early in marriage thought I was right about everything. Okay. So I wasn't bending. I wasn't giving in. Yeah. You know? I was, whatever we were doing, I had the right idea. So Uh you either get on board or, you know. Yeah. And so I've come a long way. And I think lots of marriages have come a long way. But I think sometimes we can still hold on to unhealthy practices. Oh, for sure. Well, and my parents divorced when I was young. So I saw a lot of that. They were very heated. And they would fight like actual, and then, um, you know, then they fought every time my dad dropped me off or picked me up. I mean, you know, so I saw all of that. And, you know, back in the day when, when we were growing up, if you were angry at somebody, you would hang up the phone on them. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. As a part of like, I'm shutting you down. Right. You know? Right. So early in our marriage, um, I hung up on Jeremy and he, it made him so angry. And he was like, I just need you to promise me you will never do that again. Like, even if you have to say, I cannot talk right now or something, you cannot just hang up on me without me saying, okay, we'll talk later or something. Yes. Because it, for him, that was like, you know, just putting kerosene on the fire. I ran away from home. Did you? From my husband. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> I got so mad one time we were living in an apartment and I just decided I was going to leave, but I didn't go anywhere. I just went and sat in my car, Uh, but I've done that. I actually, but I got in the car and I just drove. I just was angry. I just got out of the house and I drove. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's good for us to kind of pull back the curtain on this. I feel a little like we're being very vulnerable, (laughs) Um, but you know, I, gosh, that's part of it though, though. I don't know that you know how you're going to react till you're in the situation. Yeah. And when you're in the heat of the moment and there's so much emotion involved, I, we do crazy things. Sometimes we do foolish things. Yes. So we're just, we're telling all you moms out here, we're just like you. Yeah. We all do foolish stuff. Cause we get into that fight or flight mode, right? You get into that, that base stem in your brain and you either are going to flight, which is what I do, or you're going to fight. Oh, I'm a fighter. Yeah. I'm a fighter. You know, cause that's how we respond to this threat. Yes. Right. Somebody, yes. there's a threat against my will, my way, 
eye safety. Yes. And so we have this, you know, visceral animalistic type response in that moment. You calling me a tiger? Yes, girl. <laughs> you are a tiger mom. You are. Okay. So let's put some of these things straight for our moms. Is arguing in a marriage normal? Uh, yes. 100%. Yes. There is no such thing as a perfect marriage. I know it's really easy to look at marriages from the outside and go, they must never fight. They yeah. must never argue. Yeah. Even couples that are like maybe more affectionate in public, you think, oh, they must be that way all the time. Listen, you don't know what's happening behind the closed doors. Right. Everybody argues. Yeah. Is there something wrong with your marriage if you continue to have arguments the longer you're married? No. You're still growing people. You're still people that are transforming and growing, you're going to argue, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I have heard, you know, people say arguing is healthy. And I think that's true to an extent. Now, not that you should be arguing over the same stupid thing all the time. Hopefully there's growth there, but you're going to find new things to argue about because you are continually becoming the person that you are. So, and all of my research, arguing is healthy. Okay. Because it's two people that yeah. are trying to live life alongside each other. You have different thoughts and opinions, and you're growing together. Yeah. It said one of the interesting things was that um, there's usually one thing in your marriage that you fight about continually for the rest of your life. Mm. It's just something that, like, bugs both of you, and you just it continually comes up. You may change the way you argue about it, but one of the things I read that was funny was you should videotape this argument you have with your spouse and just replay it because it's going to come up over and over and over again. <laughs> And then I also read that as your season of life changes, your arguments change. Okay. So early in marriage, you don't have kids. You're not fighting about kids. Yeah. You're fighting about space or time or who didn't do the dishes or whatever. Yeah. Then you have kids and you're fighting about kids and who's taking care of who and who's driving. Right. And then your kids leave the house and you're trying to get to know each other again because you've been focused on your kids for 18 years yeah. or 25 years. Yeah. So as you grow, your arguments change. So there is no like, moment when yeah. you've arrived and it's all over and yeah. everybody's happy. Go lucky. Agree. Okay. So is there something wrong with one of the people in the marriage? If, if you, you argue? Yes. If you argue. No, no, it's, it's both of you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Again, we're sinners. Yeah. We're both sinners. Yeah. And that's where I struggled early in marriage because I really did just think I was right. Uh-huh. Well, that automatically meant that Greg was wrong. Yeah. Well, he was not wrong all the time. Yeah. And so you have to realize that there's two people in this marriage. There's two people that are sinners. And when you put that sin together in the same room, sometimes it explodes. For sure. It's so interesting to hear you say that because I think I've seen myself come a long way in that area. Whereas now I will say, help me understand your perspective here because I don't get it. You know, um, whereas before I was just like, no, like you're saying, no, you're wrong. I am right. Yes. And I still do that plenty, you know, where I'm like, nope. <laughs> We're not having an argument about this. I am right yes. on this, you know, yes. and sometimes Jeremy is just like acquiesces and vice versa. Yes. There are certain things where Pastor Steve used to talk about, you know, there are things where you compromise. There are things where you capitulate. Yes. Where you just say, hey, I'm going to give this one to you. That's right. Right? Yes. And there are, there are other times where you find a third alternative. So it's not a compromise. It's not a capitulation. It's you find a third alternative that's going to work for both of you. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. All good things. So... All of you listening out there, this is normal. It's part of life, yeah. okay? There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your spouse. There's nothing wrong with your marriage. Yeah. Now, there are extreme circumstances, and we can't yes. cover all those in 35 minutes. True. So we're not saying this is the story for everybody. We're not talking here about abuse. No. We're not no. talking about verbal abuse, physical abuse. That is very different than what we're talking about here. We are talking about healthy 
um, healthy division, healthy yes. disagreements yes. where you, you, you both stand on opposite sides of something and you are working to get back to oneness being on the same side together. Exactly. So let's list some common things that married people fight over. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for jumping in. That was lovely. It's on my list. I just didn't have it first, but okay. Well, it was coming to my mind because you were talking about the different things that you fight about in different phases of your life. You know, we don't really have time to fight about sex anymore. And thankfully, we've had time to figure that out. But when we were first married, for sure, that for was a sure. hot topic. Yes. Right? It. He was coming at it from one perspective of things he wanted, things he expected. I was coming at it from another perspective. And it was just like... Neither the twain shall meet. You know, we just could not figure out a way. Right. And thankfully, we did the work. And over time, that's not something we fight about anymore. We've figured, you know, out a good healthy balance for us. Uh, we might still fight about it. Well, so, I mean, you know. sometimes, every once in a while, it comes up where it's like, <laughs> Again, really? But for the most part, I would Thank say Thank you for that large. visceral reaction. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Yes. Yes. Okay, what else do we fight about? Money. Oh, that's what I got. That was my first one. It's yeah, money. Money. We just worry. God, we just we never have enough and there's always something else to I'm in the cast. I'm just waiting for the bill. Where's it coming from? Oh, that is so funny because I just said to Jeremy today, you know, so I had this surgery on my nose and he called me out with a target and he was asking me about it and stuff and he said, you know, well, we were talking about how everything, and I said, well, I'm just waiting for the bill to come. And he goes, well, Kate, we've already paid $500. And I said, oh, babe, I mm, feel confident mm-hmm, that it's mm-hmm. not the end of this. It's never the end. There's <laughs> always, like, one more doctor there out there that a, sends his invoice. Yes, yes. And yes. money is so hard because you think you've planned for something, and then something always comes up. And we have different priorities about where we want to spend money, right? Yes. Jeremy, for ever is getting into some kind of a hobby or something that he wants to spend all this money on and I'm like my man listen wait for your kid to get braces and a driver's license there ain't no more hobbies no more hobbies nobody gets a hobby it's all to the kids he gets into these weird things like right now he's into car cleaning so yeah he buys all these yeah Greg loves a clean car he and he watches YouTube videos. Yes. And then he goes out there and he's done all these little tweaks to his car where there were like little paint chips. And now he's watched these YouTube. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> and I see them coming if out of the you would Amazon. like to drive the kids around for seven days this week, you will understand <laughs> why I cannot keep my car clean. Thank you very much. Yes. So it's just, but then he's like, I don't understand why you need for types of that same shirt. You have that same shirt. I'm like, I know, but I like it, so I'm going to get it in all the colors. Yes. You know what I mean? Because it might sell out, and then I'll regret that I didn't buy it in all four colors. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we just have different priorities about where to spend the money. We fight about household chores. Yeah. Because I do some, and he does. (laughs) Let's be kind. (laughs) Does a few... Okay. And I'm always like, I I just need help. Somebody needs to help me. Who can pick up their own socks and take them to the hamper? Yay. Yay for you. Yeah. Who can actually take the dish from the sink and put it in the dishwasher? Yay for you. Yeah. Who can make eggs in the morning for breakfast and then wash the pan they made them in? (laughs) Yay for you. Big one. I hate scrambled egg pan that was not clean. That sits there all day. Yes. Come on, people. Just do it. But you know what? I also hate when um, my mate then washes the pan, but then leaves like there's like egg detritus in the scrub brush. Mm. 
Just rinse it out. I have been so tempted to buy one of those scrub brushes that claims that it does not hold the egg Uh debris in it. (laughs) So I'm like, I want to see if it works because there's always egg debris. I would say after sex, we fought about money the most. And then once we started having children, I will say this has been our biggest area of argument where we're regularly having to go back and go, this does not feel okay. This, this, the distribution of who's doing what here right, right. is not working, you know. Totally agree. Yeah. We're, we've fought about the calendar before. Okay. You know, like you didn't tell me you had that or I got the school email about something but didn't put it on the calendar mm. so then he doesn't know. Yes. It's like your life just gets so busy you forget to tell each other what's actually going on. Yeah. Because you just haven't sure. talked for, I don't know, 48 hours? So Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I know. Yeah. Well, I know. Jeremy called me today because I had I didn't see him last night after I came home. I hadn't didn't see him this morning. He was up and out early, so he called me while I was at Target. He goes, "Well, I just watched your stories that you got your stitches out of your nose." I'm that, like, "Oh, I, you watch my stories? That's so nice." But you know, I mean, what a sad state of affairs that that's how we're catching up with each other is through social media. Yes. What in the actual world, you know? And part of me finds that really fun. <laughs> Like, that's so fun. Greg doesn't do stories, so I can't catch up on his life. Oh, yeah. Greg, I might need to do some more stories. Yeah. I know what you're doing during the day. I would love it if Jeremy did stories. And he'd be like, hey, I'm at lunch with so-and-so. We about to challenge the husbands to do stories on their day. Although that could make me mad and cause an argument when I see him hanging out, going to lunch, just living it up with the buds. All the lunches. You know. I know. He comes home, and he's not very hungry for dinner, and I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go? Where did you have lunch? Me casino. Because I was Mm. over Mm -hmm. here rolling up some cheese and deli meat. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I might have gotten a crust of bread. Okay. (laughs) I'm being dramatic, moms. Can you tell? Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. Okay. So here's some reasons that I think we argue with our spouse. One is lack of communication. Yeah. Our pace of life is moving too fast, and we're talking too little. Just like you said, we're coming and going. It's not because we're trying to not talk, but literally we're just passing each other. Correct. Um, Our life is presenting us with stressful situations, and studies show that when you're stressed, you don't talk because you're you're bottling it. You're You're trying to manage and control, and so you're just not verbalizing to your partner what's happening and what your needs are as often. And then I put this on there because I think it's a big one for moms, just depression. Yeah. When we feel low and down and sad, we're just, we're not talking. Yeah. We're not talking to our spouse. We're not talking to our friends. We're not communicating. You're right. And so I think those contribute to reasons that we argue. Yeah. Second one, and this is my big one, we don't feel heard. Yes. So one of the reasons that I argue with my spouse is because I just don't feel heard Sometimes it's because I just haven't had concentrated attention from them. Uh Maybe they've been busy at work or the kids have been busy. And I just don't feel like they've stopped down to like, hey, how are you today? See me. I need you to see see me me. as a person. Yes. Um, Sometimes when they come home and they talk about all the ways they've cared for their employees or their staff. Uh-huh. Listen, it's just like a knife in my heart. Because uh-huh. I'm like, ah, oh, you haven't done that for me. And I don't <laughs> yeah. feel cared for. And yeah. you don't give me any attention. But in the same sense, I think our husbands can feel like we're talking about the kids and what we did for the kids. And uh-huh. I did their laundry and I put their clothes up and I made them the special snack. And they're thinking, well, you haven't cared for me oh, like man. you care for our kids. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Yeah. And some of that is just that we have not expressed our need to be heard to our spouse. We haven't said, hey, can you just stop for five minutes? I need you to see me. Mm-hmm. Because we just assume they should know. Yeah. They don't know. They yeah. don't know. And give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, even if we say to them, I love you so much, and I know you love me 
but I just don't, I need to feel it. I need you, I just need to feel like you see me. Can we just stop and have a few minutes together? Exactly. It's amazing what that can do, honestly, for just my personal feeling of like, okay, all right, here we go again. You know, I got a little boost of energy there. And then another reason I think we argue is because like I struggled early in marriage, we really think that we're right Mm -hmm. and they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I can do this around the house with the kids like, okay, well, this is my domain and I'm right. Yes. And so when I asked you to unload the dishwasher, you did it wrong. Yeah. Or when I asked you to do this, you did it wrong. And so I'm coming at him with this negative energy because I'm not giving him the opportunity to do something I needed and do it in his own way. Yes. And so we just automatically assume I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. I want things done my way. I want, you know, my life to be easy, my life to be comfortable, everyone to, you know, do it how I want it. And that's not how it works when it's two people working as a team. Mama is always right. That's yeah. kind of my mantra. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. I think it's especially challenging in the home where often the mom is the house manager and is coordinating and managing the events of the home. And then you have this other person who's coming in and they have their own thoughts and feelings. And you're like, excuse me, I need you to fall under this, you know, whatever I have set here. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Exactly. We're actually teammates yes. here, you know. Well, and then we have the whole thing about the problem with the chores because then it's like, well, he doesn't want to do chores because he doesn't think he's going to do them the way he like them. And so yeah. he's like, well, I'm just not going to do them. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a spiral all the way down into the hole. Yeah. So here's some words of wisdom I have for us. Um, when we assume the best of our partner, we're less likely to see malice in their actions, yeah. which makes arguments less stressful and more likely to be resolved. There you go. And that's what you said earlier. When we see the best in each other, it helps us come at the argument with a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Rather than you intentionally did this to hurt me, hey, I would love to know what you were thinking when this happened because it's going to give us a better perspective. So the ability to listen and understand our partner's perspectives is one of the most important tools in a healthy relationship. You're not trying to make a point. You're not trying to win the argument. You're not trying to get your way. You're trying to see it from their perspective. Love that. So good. So the majority of every fight comes from someone feeling unseen, unheard, or unloved. Mm -hmm. And when you feel understood, it signals to you that your spouse cares about you, that they're invested in the relationship. It makes you feel like your relationship is strong and worth fighting for. Feeling understood unites instead of divides. That's right. Because because I think I feel like being understood helps me put my defenses down. So then there's a there's an opportunity for us to come together. Because if I don't feel understood, I've got these walls up. So there's no way that we're going to be able to be one, right? Because there's a separation between us. But when you understand me and I understand you, okay, now the defenses, the actual fences are down, and we can get back to mutual understanding. I'm just like envisioning a backyard right now. Yeah. Like me on one side of the fence and him on the other yeah. side of the fence, and it's like, ooh, let's tear a plank down. I see you. Okay. <laughs> Put your hand through the fence and touch me. All right. Yeah. We're in this together. Okay, so I've got some suggestions for how to think and act to maximize understanding during conflict. First one is this. Instead of asserting your own point of view, try to take your partner's perspective. Mm. So before you start diving into whatever it is, make it your goal to understand why your partner feels the way they do. That's great. Honestly, this comes with questions. You just have to ask questions. Yes. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Did you have a different idea about this and I'm just misreading it? Right. Asking lots of questions. I want to understand. Will you help me understand? Yeah. Give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Assume that their intentions were not malicious. Right. 
I have heard this so many times in business too. It's a big business principle. Assume the best about your employees. Yes. Because if you go into it thinking that they were out to get you, of course you're not going to care what they have to say. But that, that person across from you at the table, they love you. Mm-hmm. So think the best about them and just try and figure out where they're coming from. Um, I thought this was good too. Take a moment to reflect on your partner's positive traits. And I know this sounds kind of weird because in my mind I'm like, okay, so we're in the middle of a fight. And I'm mm-hmm. supposed to stop and be like, <sighs> I mean, I like your shoes. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just trying to imagine what's happening in this moment. Okay, but here's what I think it means, which I bought him shoes for his birthday, so I do like his shoes. Okay, okay good. Got good <laughs> you know when we talk about when you're in a difficult situation that you should make a gratitude list? Yes. I, th- I was thinking about that same thing. Because it just, it lifts your eyes. It changes your perspective. Your, yes. It's wild that it works. Yeah, but it does work. So sometimes when you stop and just remember why you love this person that you're married to, yeah, it will change the way you're arguing. Yeah, that's good. Now, I don't know how you work that into the middle of the argument. but No, you can know. you imagine you're stomping around and you're like, I really like your hair <laughs> and you're funny <laughs> and you give good hugs. <laughs> <laughs> They're so confused. They're like, yeah. you're saying nice things, but you're saying it in a mean voice. For sure. Okay, next one. Think of you and your partner as a team rather yeah. than opponents. Your goal is to figure out together why you're not seeing eye to eye and find a solution not to win the fight and prove that your partner is wrong. Right, that you are fighting with each other, for each other, against the argument instead of against each other. Yes, yeah. because we just assume that there's a right answer and a wrong answer. There's not always a right and wrong. Sometimes right. there's Hardly just... Hardly ever, honestly, I feel like, is there like clearly like this is the exact way to do it, right? Right, and sometimes you're just trying the next right thing. Yeah. Like, okay, that didn't work. Let's yeah. try another thing. So you're on the same team trying to accomplish a united goal, but we make it out to be a fight where somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. No, it doesn't always have to be that way. And then this last one, and I love this one. I don't have mine yet, so maybe our moms can help us. Give yourself a mantra to repeat when you start feeling angry to help you remember your goal. Oh, that's good. But think about how many things in your family you have as mantras, right? Where you like say these things to your kids. You do it all the time where you say the Hendersons are blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. Well, maybe when you go into an argument with your spouse, you just remind yourself, I love this person. Oh my gosh, Rebecca. That's what I was going to say. Really? I love this person. Okay. Maybe that's it. I think that's really good. Just to remember, I love this person and this person loves me. Yes. Yes. You know? And really, if you just say that to yourself, yeah. and maybe the first time it's like, I love this person. <laughs> but maybe by the last time you're like, I love this person. You yeah. know, just help yourself. It's like that whole thing we talk about where let your emotions catch up. Just be obedient. There you go. Take that first step in discipline, and then the emotion will catch up. Yeah. I love this person. Okay, so we put together some scripture verses that we thought would be really good when talking about arguing with your spouse. And so Kate's going to share a couple of her favorites, and I'm going to share a couple of mine. So Kate, what do you got? So when I think about fighting, I always think about James 4.1 that says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Right? And it talks about you covet and you don't get what you want. And so it actually says that you kill and murder. <laughs> Let's hope that that is not happening. We're taking that off the table. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, um, you know, I, for me, what is really causing a, the fight between me and typically somebody else primarily my spouse, that's who we're talking about, or with my children, anybody else, even in traffic, it's because I feel like they got in my way. Yes. 
right? They're in my way of what I'm trying to do. They're making my life harder. They're not acquiescing to whatever plan I have. And so that is what is causing the, for- it's, it's my selfish desire. It's not actually anything the other person has done. Right. Really. Right. It is, it is me. Yes. And I think taking responsibility for my role in it, turning the mirror back on my face and saying, hello, Kate, this is actually, cause you villainize the other person, right? They become the enemy. No, man. You, you are, you are primary, number one, public enemy, number one in this yes, situation. We said there's two centers in the marriage. Right. Each of you. Right. You and if both have faults, I don't take responsibility for my own part in this. We're never going to get to a solution. That's right. And I love that it says in Romans twelve eighteen, if possible, so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all. And so much of it does depend on me. Right? So much of it is about what I do, the choices I make, and not being so about myself. And this applies to my marriage, with my children, in traffic, on social media. Live peaceably with all. This is not all about you. Keep scrolling. Keep driving. No one is... The majority, 99.9% of people, are not out here trying to make your life harder or bad. They're just doing them, and they're living for themselves. I think there's like 0.3% in my house because I got three kids. You think they're like out to make my life difficult? Just curious. Just curious. I mean, you know, when you think about like even little Caroline, when she was coloring on her stool, she wasn't thinking, I want to make mom's life harder. I know she is trying to get out the door for dinner. And so I'm going to show up right now with these markers on my hand. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. Of yes. course she was not. But what caused me to get angry? The fact that she was interrupting my plan right? Yes. And so, you know, just to take, just to take responsibility for my part in it and, and myself. Yes, exactly. I agree with both of those. So one of my favorites is second Corinthians 10, three through five. It says we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So much of our marriage is spiritual, mm-hmm. that we have an enemy that's trying to divide us. Mm-hmm. And so he will use our emotions and our sin and our selfishness and little things that get on our nerves to try and divide you and your spouse. And so when you're standing in this argument with your spouse and you think it's about this, who didn't pick up their socks, it's really about this bigger issue of he's trying to drive a wedge in between both of you. That's right. And so we don't wage war as humans do by like, saying the right word or knocking the right punch, we use God's mighty weapons. We ask for the Holy Spirit to come join us in that moment and help us see from each other's perspective and find common ground. Yeah. And then the other one I love is Proverbs 18, 1 through 2. It says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Mm. And I think a lot of times as mamas and y'all, hold your horses. Here we go. We get frustrated with our spouse. So we go find a a friend to tell about all the bad things that our husband did because Mm -hmm. we want someone else to just re say, or, or I don't know the word there, but just make us feel better about how we feel. Defend our, our perspective. And yes, get on my team really is being a punk. Yes. Yeah. And we need a godly friend that's going to say, okay, slow down here. Yeah. Okay, we got to find some common ground here. Let's think about it from his perspective. Yeah. And then the other thing I think we do, for me especially, is when I get frustrated at my husband, let's say in the middle of the day while he's at work, I will stew on it all day. Mm. I will get in isolation, and I will let my emotions get the best of me. Okay. So by the time he walks in the door at 5, if I was angry at a level 2 at noon, I'm at a level 9. 
Okay. Because I've let myself work up into this rage. Yes. And totally so have done that. I need to go to the Lord, first of all, uh-huh. and let him calm me down and give me truth. And then prayerfully, I have a godly woman I can call to say, hey, how should I be thinking about this? Someone else with sound judgment to help talk me off the ledge. Yeah. Don't shoot off an angry text. Don't shoot off an angry phone call, you know, or whatever that you just, you take some time and you take it to the Lord. Yeah. So I listened to a really cool um, YouTube video this week by Andy Stanley. He's one of my favorite um, preacher speakers. And he shared something that I thought was so appropriate for today and because we've just celebrated Easter too. So he talked about how um, the story of the gospel is that our Heavenly Father was not just content to forgive us because forgiveness was only half the equation, but reconciliation was the other half. Yeah. And so his forgiveness was a means to an end. When he forgave us, it, it was to remove the obstacle to our relationship with him so that when Jesus came, he could restore us to mm-hmm. himself. So he sent Jesus, and Jesus came close. He took on earthly form. He walked among us, and he did it because he wanted to restore the relationship to us by showing us love and action. And so if you were with us during our Lent study, we read about that at the Last Supper, Jesus told the disciples, do for others as I have done for you. Basically, love others like I have loved you. And what he was saying to them is, look, I wasn't just content to forgive you. I went the extra mile, and I'm reconciling to you. Yeah. The beauty of Christian marriage is that it represents the gospel. We are showcasing the gospel to the world through our marriage. And it's really, to me, it's a giant idea that I don't think a lot of people grasp. Yeah. Like marriage is for me to be happy. Marriage is because I didn't want to be alone. Marriage is because I wanted kids. Marriage is because I want someone to go on vacation with. No, marriage is a picture of the gospel. Yes. And when the world looks at Christian marriages, they're supposed to look different because it's us representing Jesus. And part of the way that we represent the gospel through marriage is through reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So when we disagree, we go back to reconcile and find common ground. We know we're going to hurt each other. We know we're going to use sharp words. We know we're going to have conflict because you're living in a small space with someone else. You're raising kids. You're making money. You're taking vacations. You're trying to get the dishes done. But if we do it with the mind of Christ, if we forgive like he forgave us, and then if we reconcile like he reconciled with us, then it is a true picture of the gospel to a hurting world. That's right. That's so good. So moms, think about this the next time you argue with your spouse. Just stop before you jump into the emotion of it and do what we've talked about today. Maybe think from the other perspective of your spouse. Maybe consider your own words before you say them. Maybe um, make a quick gratitude list in your head of why you married this person in the first place. And then most of all, ask Jesus to give you a spiritual perspective Mm -hmm. of what your marriage is not just saying to the world, but to the kids in your home. Yeah. That how you argue and how you interact is representing to them what you hope will one day be part of their marriages and their life. This is a huge gift that the Lord has given us. And it's easy for us to get super emotional and selfish with it. And all of us do. You're normal. But take a moment and consider what Jesus did for you when he not only forgave you, but came to earth to be with you and seek reconciliation. Yeah, and for those moms that are listening who are single or widowed or, you know, you're in a relationship where even these things that we share today are just even out of the scope of what you're dealing with, 
we hope that God could still use this today. And this wasn't, this doesn't, this isn't a painful thing for you to hear us talk about, but there's something that God can still use in here to help you in your relationships as you argue. Um, Cause we see you, we know that you, that we do have mamas out there that are not in a married relationship or in a healthy married relationship. And so we love you too. And we hope this has been a blessing for you. Thanks for joining us today, moms. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Do you love the Gather Moms podcast and want even more streaming content? Go to patreon.com slash gather moms. Patrons that support us at any level get access to all of our audio resources, including our tween to teen series.